than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Church, morning. You guys ready to worship today with us? Go on. 
Yeah. Okay. Here you can then. Let's stand on up. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing of Jesus Christ, the risen one. Did you feel the people tremble? Did you hear the singers roar when the lost began to sing of Jesus Christ, the saving one? And we can see that God's moving a mighty river through the nations, and young and old will turn to Jesus.
sacrifice With this hand lifted high Hear my song, hear my cry I will bring a sacrifice I will bring a sacrifice
you, Lord. Give everything up.
chorus. Everybody sing. Your breath in our lives. We I just uh, I sense your your presence here, wanting to break through, um, wanting to break through us. Um, God, I just feel like um, whatever it may be, there's just a a lot of stuff that's in this room, um, a lot of stuff that from people who are, who are viewing today that they just need to um, need to just sometimes somebody just needs to shout. That there's just a lot of stuff they just need to shout, and uh, it's no mistake that. Um, when uh, Joshua and the Israelites did the battle of Jericho, that they walked around, they just walked around in silence for several days, God. And in the midst of that silence, they probably were like, when, or what, what are we doing here? What's going on? I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything. And then that last time around, that last day, they gave a shout, a shout, and the walls came down. So, God, in this room right now, there's people that spirits are just shouting out. And I pray that walls will fall. And, and God, whatever you have today, um, we're just going to bask in your presence. We love you. And, um, and we just need you at this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Say hello to those around you real quickly as our children go to our Shoreline Sunday School ministry. All right, good morning. Good morning to everyone here. We want to welcome everyone who is here in presence. We want to welcome Online Church. Um, we're glad that you're joining with us today. We have a, a number of announcements I want to um, get to. Thank you, Keith. Um, and uh, we just want to um, go ahead and share some of them on this day. First of all, I want to thank you for praying for the Eagles. <laughs> Keep the prayers up. We got one more. All right, and I will be... One of the happiest people you've ever met in your life, if that happens. And I will not be humble at all. I'm just letting you know, all right? Like I played the game. Um, so again, if you are visiting today, we do welcome you. Um, and if you're here, please go ahead and fill out um, uh, a card. We have a visitor card. Hopefully you receive that. Fill that out. Hand that in uh, at the back over here, and we have a small gift for you. Um, if you're visiting online, just shoot us a note. Let us know that you are joining with us today for one of the first times um, or you've been for a while. We just love to hear from you. 
It's been really cool with, I know, with Facebook Live, a lot of people are connecting in the midst of the message, in the midst of the service. So again, we want to welcome you online, church. Uh, you can read information about wanting to be a member of Haven. Um, we have those. Uh, small group studies, you can see several of the small group studies that are listed here. I'm not going to read those to you, but we have them um, over the different areas and different times if you want to take a look at that. Um, this, uh, one of the things that um, I want to lift up, beginning the 1st, anybody know what the 1st of February is? What, huh? what day? Thursday. It's Thursday, okay? So the 1st of, um, is Thursday, and I didn't share with a lot of people, even the worship team, that's all right. Um, but we usually meet here, Stephen Ministers usually meet here on Wednesday. So what I'm just saying is if you want to, we're going to start the next day. If you'll just, uh, we're going to, just for like a very short amount of time, like 15 minutes, what we're going to do is gather at 7 o'clock and we're just going to pray to start off the next day where people can go ahead and begin prayer and fasting. All right, we're just going to pray. There's, there's also some resources that the sheet I handed out the other week is up there. There will be another Sheet that, um, another thing that's on there from Bill Bright. Does anybody know the name Bill Bright? Bill Bright from Campus Crusade for Christ, a great servant of God. Um, he, he put together a little thing on prayer and fasting. We're going to put that up as a PDF so you can download that if you need some extra help with that. We're going to be doing that for 14 days. So um, I was going to do like a closing thing. We're not going to do a closing thing because it's Valentine's Day and you can break whatever fast you want by taking out your honey. It'll work, right? So, um, but we are going to celebrate through those, um, we take those 14 days for prayer and fasting, giving God the first of our year, okay? Um, and that's the main, the main reason behind that. So very short. You pop in the door if you're here, 7.15, too late, you're, it's, too, it's past you. So I, I know Stephen Ministers have stuff to do. Worship team has stuff to do. We're going to go ahead and just come together. I'm just going to pray for people. We're going to lift up any prayers at that time and just um, ask that God speak to us and do some amazing things through prayer and fasting in these first 14 days of February. All right? Sound good? Um, so we, we have those, and that's going to uh, start up. We're also going to piggyback that. Dana, I think I have the, um, the next message series um, called That's Why We Pray. Um, and up here we'll be wearing our MC Hammer pants and um, be singing like that. Uh, <laughs> just joking. Um, but um, we're going to talk about prayer. Um, and, um, and why we pray and how we pray. How do I do it? Why and how? Just two-week series on um, that's why we pray, okay? Um, so I want you to get ready for that. Uh, mission trip to Haiti. There will be an info meeting um, next Sunday. We want anybody who is interested um, to, uh, to come and connect with that um, and, and check out if you have any uh, questions. I know John and Laura White will, are, are ready to help answer some of those, but the, hold on to, just write them down, and then next week we will go ahead and answer them rather than 50 different people going ahead and connecting with um, John and Laura or someone else, okay? Um, beds needed for Monarch uh, Ministries. Uh, Monarch has been uh, able to open their fourth recovery house in the area and are needing some furniture. So if anyone can donate, you can see that, the information, the things that they need there. You can email, uh, talk to Shelly. Wardley, or also email um, haven-helping-hands at haven-cc.org. Um, please continue to keep in mind the rotating shelter and the needs for that. And also, um, Mike is not here today, but he asked that we go ahead and lift up their still opportunities. Um, if you want to sign up over here in the Bell Cafe for uh, the Paris Foundation, which will be on February 18th. All right? It's February 18th that will be will be coming on. I also mentioned, just to mark on your calendars, uh, the next month, March 18th, um, which we'll, we will celebrate our 10th anniversary 
of Haven. We are now a decade old. So we're in um, the second decade of ministry in Haven Community Church. Also, another announcement that we have here, middle school, Sunday school breakfast at Chef's Kitchen. When? Sunday, February 4th, which just happens to be the Super Bowl. Does anybody know who's in that Super Bowl? Yeah, okay, just check it. Um, um, Eagles, that's right. There's no such thing as the Patriots. You know what? Some of you have sent me that, and I've seen it. It is biblical. There are 33 verses for, of Eagles in the Bible. There's not one in the Bible about Patriots. So the Eagles are going to win 33 to nothing. There we go. Um, it's biblical. Trust me, I wouldn't lie to you. Um, so they're going to leave the church office um, right over here, um, the office at 10 a.m. Uh, they're going to they're gather there. They're going to leave about 10.10 um, and return to the church about 11.15. Um, bring, if you can, a $5 donation, and we'll provide meals for everyone regardless of donation. Um, also need updated Sunday school registration form and permission slip. A minimum of two chaperones will be taking the kids. Please reservip, that's RSVP, um, to let us know if you need extra drivers or chaperones. And you can contact Bob Ward at 443. I'm giving your name out online. This is going to be great. 676-6224. Remember, that's middle school. Don't be calling them if you're not middle school. All right. Okay. Um, any other quick announcements that we need to make? Any announcements? All right, let's go to the, I have a heavy list here of prayer concerns. Uh, Trish DeGrave uh, has asked for prayers. Her mom goes in for surgery on February 15th. Uh, Taylor Day has asked for prayers for the Silpath family as they grieve the loss of their son um, and to all the people who helped along his journey. Um, Robin Hildebrand asked for her sister, Jean. Is that Jean? Okay, um, who is having a heart procedure on Wednesday, February 1st, and for safe travels as she goes to North Carolina to be with her. Um, we have a blank one. We'll pray for that. Um, Natalie Hama asked for prayers for Jill, who is in Africa for business, and she, they're also involved with a, um, with a food ministry as well. Um, Lisa asked for prayers for um, Holly for, uh, Polly, uh, for a positive diagnosis for the doctor. And Debbie Chadwick uh, to lift um, Robert Parnell and Kitty and her brothers and sisters for the loss of Edna, um, Kitty's mother. So we want to lift her in prayers as well. Okay. Are there any others that we need to add to our prayer list? Yes, Larry. Okay. Okay. So we want to lift up Larry's father in prayers. Anyone else? Yes, Harry. Okay. Skip Hepron, we want to lift him up. He's been fighting the areas with pancreatic. Also, Chris Griffith, we want to lift him in prayers as well, right? Um, as, yeah, yeah, for Chris, who is um, also uh, an extended family member, we want to lift him up in his, his prayers with a is it brain, brain tumor. Okay, so we want to lift Chris up in your prayers. Anyone else? Yes, go ahead, Debbie. Yeah. Yeah, um, my, my buddy Donnie and her son, Donnie, um, died um, last June very suddenly. And he had an, uh, it's not an identical, it's a mirror twin, right? Um, and, um, but, uh, and for Danny, uh, Donnie was a big Eagles fan too, so there's a mixed blessing here. He would be busted, burning up my phone right now. And so I think he has been helping us somehow as we're winning these games. But anyway, just continue to lift up Danny as they've been together forever and just recently celebrated a birthday, the first one without each other, and that's very difficult, okay? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just lift up uh, all thanks to you. 
We know, God, that you are in control of all things, and yet um, sometimes it feels like everything is out of control. And so, God, as we lift up our prayer concerns today for people who have experienced loss, um, for others who have who are struggling with uh, what the future holds for those who are having illness or, or surgeries. God, um, we just ask that you be with us and that you encourage us during this time. For those of us who um, don't have answers to some things and, and life is more confusing than it's ever been, give us clarity. For all those people on our prayer list, And all those watching today that, as I said, God, I just sense a spirit of heaviness. And your word is very clear that put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If if we need to be lifted up, we don't only praise when things are good, but we praise when Things are even bad. We praise all the more to lift us up. And so, God, as we come to this point now where we give you glory and honor and praise and continue for the many blessings that you've given us in your life, God, I just ask that you um, you do something amazing by sending your Holy Spirit upon the tithes and the gifts, and that's awesome. But more importantly, God, I want you to reach out to the tither and the giver. I want you to reach out to the person who somehow is watching this service, never thought they would, but there is a darkness and a heaviness over their lives and they just need you. They just need you. And again, God, I'm going to say this several times today, but sometimes when we're just down, we just feel like we just need to shout. We just need to scream. We just need to yell. And as our spirits are hurting and as, our, as we see so much uh, suffering around us, we just need to yell and So, God, let us shout out to you with a voice of triumph. God, you do your thing here today and get us out of the way and bring what you have to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
this morning. The first one from Psalms 47.1 from the New King James Version. Praise to God, the ruler of the earth, to the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Our second reading is from Psalms 98, verses 4 through 8 from the New International Version. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sounds of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clasp their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy. You good? That's pretty lame. You good? That's a little bit better. Okay, so um, today, I, I, I told you last week, um, and maybe God's honoring me. Um, you see, it's eagle's colors. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm crazy. I'm a sports fan. Anybody a sports fan? Anybody a fan of something? Anybody a fan of anything? Like, okay, um, fan, short for fanatic and all that kind of stuff. But um, I was just thinking, even last week before the game, you know, basically, you know, whatever happens next week when the Eagles win and go down Broad Street, I'll be there. But uh, whatever happens next week, um, it will, uh, it'll be okay. Life's okay. You know what? Um, it moves on. 
and life continues on. I've seen two times they've lost, and my life still went on. Um, it would go on a lot better if they win, though, I'll tell you that. So thank you, Keith. Um, so um, we're kind of taking a, a transition this week from the series. We're doing a, this is like what we call, preachers call, standalone series. And um, in the standalone series, um, we're going to go ahead and, um, and just kind of share something. Before I do that, though, I'm going to ask uh, Dana to go back. One of the videos we needed to show is just a show about the mission trip. I wanted to show this video um, and to kind of get us ready for if you ha- don't know what, what happened there. So we're going to watch this really quickly. It's about three, four minutes, and then we're going to get further on with our, um, our service today. Sometimes I think, what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory? When I'm home where my soul belongs? Was I loved when no one else would show up? Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song?
So next week, if you're interested, make sure it's, um, you come and, and connect with that. And um, one of the prerequisites is you have to dance like those three girls were doing <laughs> to go. So, so all right. Um, I just, uh, I think one of the things that God's been really talking to me about uh, over the last several months, um, even maybe the last year or so, is just really what it means to be a Christian what it really takes to, to be a follower of Christ. And so um, I want to I do something. I want to look at this verse, this, this theme verse that's the first one in your bulletin right away. And I want to I look at it a little bit differently. What does it say here? It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. So, you know, we read that a lot, but we don't do it a lot, right? So we're going to right now. Ready? We're going to do this again. And I, I'm you, you better pull it out or else God's going to get you. Here we go. All right. So this thing's driving me nuts today. I don't know why. So here we go. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout. You stopped awful quick, didn't you? Isn't that awesome? It's your job today. When I say shout, you're going to do what? Shout. If you need help. I'm going to help you. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Ready? Clap your hands, all you people. Shout. Shout. Shout, shout, shout. Shout. All right. If you fall asleep, I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep that up here for good. All right. Wow. You guys know I'm a crazy, crazy sports fan, and I have suffered greatly under that by being a Philadelphia fan for years. Uh, matter of fact, I bought my wife this several years ago. She's not standing up with it. She wore, you wore it the wrong week. You got to wear it again next week, next week's Super Bowl. I bought her. I came home one day from Marshall's, the, my favorite store on earth, and I said, I got you something. She's like, what? And I pull out a terry cloth thing, right, that was made of Donovan McNabb, Eagles dress. Is that, am I an awesome husband? I am an awesome husband. You're jealous, aren't you, ladies? All right. I am so thrilled. I am so, so thrilled. I, I saw somebody at the YMCA last week when I went to the game, and I had my jersey on, and they said, well, hopefully it's a good game. I said, hopefully not. Hopefully the Eagles kill them, and I got my prayer. It was awesome. I loved every second of it. And something... You know, I've been to several games in my life, whether it be Eagles, whether it be Phillies, whether it be something else, and whether it be Mountaineers. Don't talk about that. It's still raw from last night. They lost. But, and I have always seen something consistent about real fans. I know that some people, we call some people who decide to be friends now, there's a lot more Eagles fans than there were last week. And you know what? And uh, they're jumping on the bandwagon. That's what we call it. Everybody's jumping on. That's, that's cool. We got room. And... Um, and in the midst of that, one of the things, though, I learn about real fans is they are so enthusiastic. They're absolutely crazy for their team, for whatever band they follow, whatever kind of thing it happens to be. And, you know, when you look at the Greek word, uh, when you look at the term enthusiasm, the Greek word for God is theos, which is the center point of the word enthusiasm contains in it God. So in other words, the, the, the people with Greek tell us that you can't be enthusiastic, otherwise you'd be anastic. 
without theos, which is God. You need God to have enthusiasm, as is the, the heart of the word enthusiasm. And yet when I look around and when I talk to people time in and time out, Many Christians seem to be the least enthusiastic people I know, the most worn out, the most tired, the most downtrodden, the most troubled people that exist in the world, the most depressed, and we go through this, and yet the heart of enthusiasm should be God, and if we have God through Jesus Christ, we should be the most excited people on planet Earth, because guess what? This ain't it for us. And so I'm going to share with you today a real fan, things that we can learn from real fans that we can also attach to being real fans of Jesus Christ. And from God, and we're going to make a comparison. And there's a lot of them. Don't get nervous. I'll get you out of here before the Super Bowl. All right. So number one, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through a list. Real fan, a, a real fan cannot wait to get there. They can't wait to get to the game. They can't wait at all. Real fans never show up late for a game, ever ever show up late for the game. They don't show up halfway through after the first half is done. Real fans go ahead and spend time tailgating. Let me ask you the last time you set up out here that I get here in the morning and there's people tailgating, waiting to get into the church to go ahead and celebrate Jesus, huh? When have you ever been to a church where somebody tailgates before they go worship? Boy, would that be fun, right? You would have a whole bunch of people. I'm going to test you on this, see if you do it. I'm going to test you on every one of these. If you just were so excited that you couldn't wait for the doors to open to get in there. How many of us just can't wait for church to start? We can't wait. We pick out what we're going to wear the night before. We're setting ready to go. We say, I'm going I'm to be ready. I'm going to be ready. You know, real fans bring Food. Some people, we went to West Virginia the other year, and we, I, I did it lame. I, we stopped and bought, like, subs somewhere. And this lady and man from Philadelphia, their son went to school there. They pulled up next to us. And thank God they pulled up next to us. God is good uh, all the time. Uh, and so they pulled up next to us, and she pulled out, like, two tables. She had been cooking all night. She had baked beans and food. And she's like, go ahead and help yourself. And first we're like, no, we got subs. And then we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to help ourselves. And it was just, like, so much food food, and we were together, and they did it right. They had it together awesome. It was so much fun. We did a little bit better this year, um, but what I'm saying is they plan. There are people that every week at a, at a sporting event, whether it's Ravens or Eagles or somebody else or this horrible Patriots, no matter what it is, they get early, early morning. They pull out, and before even the players are up, they are at the stadium cooking and drinking and eating and everything else for everybody else, and it's an experience. When is the last time that you looked at church as being an experience, that you looked at, I can't wait, and I'm going to have breakfast out there in the morning. I'm going to cook pancakes out on the grill, and I'm going to have some awesome things. After church, we can continue more. You ever seen people, after they hang a game, they keep going and going. They have lunch. They cook burgers. It, they could be there for days. You NASCAR people, you guys are crazy. You camp out for weeks. <laughs> All to see somebody ride around the track a little bit. Right? I've seen NASCAR people that literally set up a, a, a living arrangement where they put a Winnebago, they put a satellite dish up, they're right outside the stadium, they put that fake green carpet out, and they put the uh, recliners, and they don't go into the stadium. They sit out there the whole time, but it's an experience that they have for even a week or more online at each place. 
You know, I, I, I read this week about people, came, remember when, before the internet when you used to have to camp out for tickets? Anybody remember that? You know, uh, I read a story about uh, a pastor one time that he went and was ta- saw this big, long line in Los Angeles, big, long line around the block. And he went up to one of the people and was like, what are you doing? How long have you been here? And he said, I've been here for three days. Camp it out. He said, for what? He said, for Rolling Stone tickets. And he thought, my gosh, you're camping out to see a 65-year-old man in spandex (laughs) to sing I Ain't Got No Satisfaction in Brown Sugar? (laughs) Something's wrong with you. (laughs) But we did that, and we do that more and more and more. It's, it's, It's almost insane, but it's fanatical that we do. You see, real fans are willing to do this. But what about real fans of Jesus, which the, the psalmist writes this, when they said, let us go to the house of God, my heart leapt for joy, and now we're here. You know, I can remember the first kind of times I ever got to a game. I didn't make it to the NFC Championship last year, but I've been to two Eagles NFC Championships. And I remember walking up and being like, here we go. Here we go. I was really disappointed one time. But that second time, I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. We're there. I was so excited. There was this excitement when, when you know, they start and they play that, they, have, they start playing that Rocky theme. And you got Adrian, you're Adrian. And she's telling Rocky, and she says, win. And the crowd, ah, there's something about being there. What about when we come into the house of the Lord where we say, I was thrilled when they said, what about when somebody said, hey, it's time to go to church. He said, wow, I'm thrilled. And she said, uh, I got to sleep a little bit more. Right? I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And we're here. Look around you. Tell the person next to you, you're here. All right. One other thing that I have up on the screen, but I don't have a thing on your on your sheet and guess what real fans love overtime (laughs) don't they real fans don't go darn it i paid this much money and they're gonna have an extra time to see who decides this game darn it are you kidding me extra innings i gotta get lunch sometime right i've been here already for an hour no real fans say bonus time yeah baby let's go what about in the church? What about the time where we just say, oh, man, preacher's going on and on today. Good. Woo. Keep it going. Yeah, more hours, Jack, right? More worship. No, there's something that's just out of whack here. Real fans love overtime. The third thing that is actually the second one on your bulletin is a real fan endures all kinds of conditions. I thank God for this day because it's cold, it's rainy. It's not like a day we said, oh, awesome. I wa- it's my fault I washed my car yesterday for the first time in a while. Um, and I got to tell you, the other week I had tickets when it was like 11, 10 or 11, and it was like negative chill, and I was up in the nosebleeds, and I, it, was, it was so cold that half the people left because it didn't really matter anything, uh, and there was a whole bunch of beer sickles, like popsicles. People left full beers that froze so that tells you how cold it was in Philadelphia. People in the upper nosebleeds are leaving their beards there. You know what I mean? Uh, and so it was so cold. And I looked at Jacob and I said, no, we ain't going anywhere. We're staying. 
I don't care whether we lose or not. We're staying, you know, I'm a stayer. I have been in so many conditions. I remember one time I went to the first time the Eagles played in Lincoln Financial Field against those dreaded evil Dallas Cowboys, and we beat them. Um, but then I remember there was not a place to park. It had a snowstorm before. My friend Paul and I had to carry snow shovels with us to dig a parking spot out near the meatpacking area, and we were thrilled to do it. I was wrapped up so much that I got a hot dog. I opened it up. It was immediately cold. I loved it. We ate our food in the bathroom because we were freezing. Have you ever been in bathrooms and stadiums? That's how cold it was. All right? Real fans do any, deal with any conditions. You know, there's, a, there's a, the coldest game in NFL history is nicknamed the Ice Bowl. It was in 1967, the Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys, and it was in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. The, it was, it was uh, negative 15 degrees with a wind chill that made it negative 48 degrees. And in attendance that day were 50,861 people. 50,000 861, that's before Under Armour cold gear, just to let you know. That's before hand warmers. That's when you put wool on, right? And they were there for the game, and they stayed for the game. Real fans let nothing stop them. Yet some Christians may have looked up today and said, ah, it's raining, that's ah, cold, that's ah, too hot, that's ah, too sunny. We don't get many nice sunny days. Real fans of Christ let nothing stop them from getting to the game. Nothing to stop them from coming to worship Jesus. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 8. And Paul writes, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from, the lo- from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Anybody got some fears and worries in your life? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above. Right there, he's talking about weather. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I want to add an addendum to it, but me. I am the only one that can separate me from God's love. My attitude can separate me from God's love. My, my getting captured in the worries, my, my feelings, feelings can always get me separated from God's love. If you are basing your life's decisions and your life's calling on your feelings, you are gonna be one messed up individual because it isn't about feelings. It's about truth in God. Number four, a real fan wants the best seat in the house. A real fan wants to sit up close to the action. You know, there's some interesting things here um, about waiting lists for teams. The Green Bay Packers, it's an interesting, I'm not a Packers fan, but it's an interesting organization. They are the only team in the NFL that is not owned by a corporation led by one person. The Green Bay Packers are owned by the city of Green Bay. There are people who have stock that live in Green Bay they have this. And it is, has the longest waiting list in history. It is the longest waiting list. It has more than 100,000 names that are just waiting to get season tickets. 
and the team's website says that you will wait 30 years. And each year they send this card out to people and they tell you your name and they have how long you're going to wait. Here are some other ones that you have here. The Seahawks, with their success, have determined that you're going to wait 50 years to be added on the waiting list. The Green Bay Packers has only moved up four spots since the 70s. Since the early 70s. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles have over 40,000 plus on a waiting list. And they also say it'll take you about 30 years. Um, the Broncos, they have 73,000 plus on their list. The Packers are now up to 133,000 on a waiting list. They, it's, so, it's so long that people, when um, people are pregnant, they now give gifts to them and put their kid's name, uh, put their name on a waiting list for their kid. Um, the Ravens, 20 years to get season tickets for Ravens, if you want. And you know what? As I said, you want the best seats that you can possibly get. Uh, in Luke 10, 38, it's a story of somebody who wanted the best seats, the best seat in the house. It's about two sisters, Mary and Martha. And look at what it says here. Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, and where was she sitting? at Jesus' feet, listening to him. But Martha was what? Distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she was pretty ticked off. She came to him and she said, what, what's she letting her sit here? And he said, listen to what he says to her. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. You know, one of the things that we need to learn in life is when it comes to Jesus, we've got, we've got to get to the best seat, which is at his feet. When we get to heaven, I want to be at the feet of Jesus. I don't want to be sitting back on a cloud somewhere. I want to be at the feet of Jesus. I want to hang near the pearly gates. I want to hang near the feet of Jesus. I want to be where the worship is. I want to be where all the action is going on. I have rarely hated. I am somebody, I will not go to the bathroom if the game's going on. I got to see it. I got to be there. I got to see it. And one time, I remember one of the greatest times ever, I had tickets, and they were right down at the Phillies game, at Phillies-Mets game, right off of third base. I was right there with the action. I've had the joy of sitting in the luxury boxes, but I would much rather sit right down front where all the action is. You know what I mean? If I am a basketball fan, I want to be on court-side seats. Don't you? If I'm a football fan, I want to sit on the 50-yard line seats. If I am a golf fan, I want to be right there where they tee off the box. And when it gets to 18, I want to be at the green, right there where it happens. I want the best seats in the house that I can possibly get. And, you know, a, a friend of mine sent me this this week. And he said, hey, I know it's late notice, but a friend of mine has two Super Bowl tickets for the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday, February 4th. They are box seats, and he paid $3,500 per ticket, which is really good because they're going like for $65, which includes a ride to and from the airport, lunch and dinner, and a $400 bar tab, and a pass to the winner's locker room after the game, which is at the Eagles locker room. But what he didn't realize is that he bought them last year, and that was on the same day of his wedding. So if you're interested, he's looking for someone to take his place. It's at St. Paul's Church at 3 p.m. Her name is Ashley. She's about 5'4", about 115 pounds, a good cook, loves to fish and hunt, and will clean your truck. She'll be the one in the white dress. We want the best seat in the house, don't we? What about here? Do we want to be Martha and be distracted by so many things in life that we miss out on the presence of God? The presence of Christ in this room? Are we so distracted by the things in life, by the struggles in life, by even us in life, that we miss out on 
The fact that Jesus is here. That Jesus is here. He said, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one thing. And Mary has chosen what's better. Some of you are old enough to remember the Bob Euchre when he did commercials. And they would come down and they'd say, Mr. Euchre, we have a seat for you. And he'd say, I must be in the front row. And they sent him up in the nosebleed seats. We still call them Euchre seats. Some of you have been around for a while. We've got to stop sitting in the cheap seats when it comes to Jesus. Number five, a real fan rarely misses a game. A real fan rarely, rarely misses. Whether it's live on, on TV, on the radio, I will not miss a game. This past year, I found out a way, and uh, I, I know I shared with my other fans, like with Janet and Larry, who are Philly fans as well, I share that you could get MLB.com, and the, the Phillies were pretty bad this year. But I wanted to see the games, and I wanted to be able to have it. We live in a great world where now I can have them on my phone, and I can look at them. I can hear sports talk radio. I've listened to so much sports talk radio, I'm insane right about now. I I just, I love, I love it, and I want to know everything I can about it. I never miss. I was so mad last year. Carson Wentz, who who was having an MVP year for the Eagles until he uh, injured his leg, um, Last year, was, they were building him up. It was going to be his first game ever as an eagle. And I live um, in an area where it was blacked out, and I was pulling my hair out. I went to Walmart. I bought one of those new antennas, which didn't worth, worth a squat. I was trying to do whatever. Um, I find places where it is, and I run to it, and I'll go, and I'll watch. I'll do whatever I need to do in order to just see it and find out about it. And then I'll, if the Eagles win, I will watch it in Sports Center. If they lose, I won't watch it for a week. I'll act like nothing happened. I got to watch it. I got to see it. I got to hear it. I want to know about it. And then when it comes to when it comes to to us, what about when it comes to as Christians? Do you say, eh, no problem, church. I can miss it. No problem. I, I I can do something else. Do we do we grieve when we miss church? Do we grieve when we miss that time together of worshiping? Look what it says in Psalm eighty four, and we sang this song last week. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. What about if I said, hey, you can have an all-expense-paid trip to the beach in an exotic area, or you can come to church? Which one are we going to decide, right? And I know you're saying right now, I can do church on the beach, right? I got you. That's what you do. Yeah, you got it. I know you're creative, you, you liars. It's the last thing you're doing on the beach. Last thing you're doing in an exotic beach saying, oh, let's worship God. Now you're saying, pass me the suntan lotion. That's what you're doing, right? So I do it too. How lovely. What about in our thing? Do we say, how lovely is your dwelling place? There's no place I'd rather be. Look at what he says here. He said, there's no place I'd rather be. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the psalmist, he was basically saying, I'd rather clean the floors. I'd rather clean the gum off the bottom of the chairs in your house than be anywhere else. I desire you to be in your presence more than anything. You know, for the people, we take for granted because we got churches on every corner. But, you know, for, for the Israelites and for the Jewish people, they had one temple until the synagogue worship started. 
And the Psalms are full of people who would go on journeys throughout their lives until they saw a glimmer from the top of the temple and their heart began to leap and they got so excited to come into the presence of God. They were fans of God and couldn't wait to be there. Number six, a real fan memorizes stats. You ever talk to a fan? They'll tell you the batting average of someone when he eats turkey for lunch. You know those people that they'll just do that? Uh, I remember one of my best friends, I could never fully argue something with him because he always knew stats, always knew them. Um, Whether it's RBIs, which are runs batted in, or home runs, or batting averages. Whether it's sacks, or average scores, or passer ratings. I love, you, you turn on, if you don't watch much, you turn on the beginning of the Super Bowl and they will begin to talk about when, um, like right now, the Patriots are undefeated, the, Eagle, the Patriots are undefeated in their white jerseys in Super Bowls and the Eagles, except for that one game where they had all the third stringers, are undefeated this year in their green jerseys. Guess what? Something's going to break this year because the Patriots are wearing white and the Eagles are wearing green. And sorry for the Patriots. Okay, so, but they, people even think about these things. On days when the weather is, when the wind is blowing north, this person does it. There's people that are stats fiends, and they know everything about this. I'm going to tell you, you guys know a lot of things too, right? And I'm going to show you. Commercials. There are some annoying commercials out there, and I'm going to show you that you memorize stuff. Ready? Called J.G. Wentworth. Am I right? Am I right? What about this? Nationwide is on your side. Napa. No how. There we go. What am I telling you? I told you. We notice crazy stuff. And God forbid if I start with songs, I mean, with, with the things that we sing and know, and we did that before several weeks ago about love songs, and you guys were like, oh, you know what you're doing. We know this stuff. We memorize this stuff. We know, I don't even know what J.G. Wentworth does. I think they give you cash, right? 877-CASH-NOW. That's what I know. Somebody call them and see if they'll give me some money. Right? We know who, we know what, we know these songs. I can't even understand some of the songs now. I'm officially old. And you know you're old when you go to your kids. What crap are you listening to, right? That's not music, right? You do that. I don't even understand some of it. I'm old, I know that. But what about when it comes to the word of God? Can I quote three verses of scripture? Can I share? Can I, can I go to verse and chapter? Do I know the word of God? It, I get, guess what? When I get to heaven, I'm going to go, he's going to say, Jack, and I'm going to say, call J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW, nationwide. He's not going to want to know that. I'm going to have to know the word of God in my life, and I'm going to have to know that that's what makes me alive. That when I need cash, I don't need J.G. Wentworth. I need to go to the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And who cares so much about the sparrow that he feeds him every day. That's what I need in my life. I need to know the goodness of God in his word. And I need to get into it. We need to know the word of God. Look what the psalmist writes. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh, how I love your law and I meditate on it all day long. 
Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Does that sound like somebody who loves the word of God? I remember we had a, um, a Jewish tour guide when we went to Israel. His name was Naphtali Cohen, and I used to call him Cousin Naphtali. And so um, he was a great guy, and I remember we, were, we went to this area. I had never been before, and it was, they called it Gideon Spring. And everybody knows, may know the story of Gideon, where um, Gideon went ahead, and they were, uh, God chose him. He was kind of a wimp. He was threshing wheat in a wine press, which means he was hiding away, doing that because he didn't want the attacking people to see him. And God chose him, and then God had, he had all these um, troops, and then he separated them by, by lapping water and from laying down their stuff, and he got down to smaller, smaller people. And Gideon was greatly outnumbered in who he was going to face. And we're at the spring. Um, and as we're at the spring, I'm excited because I know that this is the place where God separated those who drank from, who used their hands to drink, and who put their face down to drink. And it's really exciting for me because I'm like, this is a place. This is awesome. And then I'm looking, and I'm, I'm looking at the scripture, and I'm talking to Naphtali, and he's explaining to me that they would have been on this side, and they would have been this way, and Gideon would have gone through here. And if you've ever seen the Gideon Bible, it has jars, because they were so outnumbered that when they went into the camp, they started breaking them and shouted and made a noise that scared the people because the shout was so great, and they got all mixed up, and they started killing each other, and, and Gideon and them took over. And Naphtali said to me, I love God's word. I remember being a little boy where I would have a, a flashlight and I would be reading God's word and I'd just fall asleep to it at night. And his love for that took me to a place I've never been after four trips and I got to see it. And I was so excited to be there. So excited to be there in the midst of it. What about you? Do you have a love for God's word that you memorize his stats in your life? Number seven, a real fan pays the cost. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I would be a very, very wealthy person if I took all the money I've spent on sports in general, whether going to a game, whether buying equipment, whether going ahead and, um, or even any, apart from sports, um, anybody ever gone to a concert and bought concert tickets? Anybody ever bought concert t-shirts? Buy them outside from the people on the street. It's much cheaper afterwards. Um, just to let you know, I, I mean, we, we have these things. We pay lots of money for these things. Last week, the average Super Bowl ticket was like $6,500. I ain't going, all right? Unless somebody gives it to me and wins it or whatever. I, that's the only way I go. But So what I'm saying is there, there's one person I saw that bought $100,000 worth of tickets from Philadelphia. $100,000 of tickets. I ain't got that money. I'm just letting you know. But they're willing to pay the cost for this. There are people who pay ungodly amounts for tickets for, for musical groups and for um, concert. Anybody been to a concert lately? How much you pay, roughly? Anybody know how much a concert? Anybody know? 40, 50, 60, something more? Okay. So if you, what, if you put, what if you write down front? We're getting way up there, right? Listen to what Matthew chapter 6, 21 says. And I want to let you know. David Cassidy does not count. That's years ago, okay? Um, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And remember, I shared this several months back or a year ago. It's not, we always think my heart is where my heart goes first. It says what you treasure in life, your heart will follow. Think about that. 
Think about what you treasure most in life is where you're going to go ahead and your heart's going to lead you. If you treasure God, that's where your heart will lead. If you treasure someone over God, that's where your heart will lead. You know how many times I've seen people in my life that have, had a, that have been you know, really, really connecting to God and then they form a relationship that becomes more important than God and I never see them again? Because that person becomes more important than God in their lives. There are so many things in our lives that we treasure more than God. But real fans, a real fan, knows the treasure of their life is a relationship with Christ. Number eight, a real fan is easily recognized. Now I have my bag here. I'm going to show you how easily recognized you can be. All right? I have this one. Watch, I'm going to see how, who else is a fan. Ready? Who is it? Reggie White, the minister of defense. I'll start with the, with the Christian one. Um, here we go. Look at this. I got this thing. I wore this last week. Wilbur Montgomery, we're going real old school now, 1980s. There we go. Let's see what else I got. Um, I got a jacket here, old school, from the Richie Cotite area, era. That was a horrible area for the Eagles. I got this one here. This one's an older one. Um, remember him? Simon? Simon, sorry. Simon, uh, there we go. Look, you can tell I'm a Mountaineer fan. I got one of these. There we go. Go Mountaineers. There we go here. Um, don't worry, there's more. Look, here we go. Phillies. Um, I'll see that one. Look, I got this one here. One of my first uh, stitched jerseys I've ever bought. Ever bought. Jeremiah Trotter. All right. Back to old school. Hold on. I'm still going here. Look, I got this one. This will match Melissa's dress. This was given to me by a guy who was a JAG officer in the military. He brought this for me when I did their wedding, and I was so excited. He was, I did the best job ever for that wedding, you know. <laughs> Nice way to kiss up to the preacher. This one I bought at Goodwill from a very large person who had it before, but I don't care. One of the greatest players ever who died a very tragic death. What's his name? Jerome Brown, one of the best players. And this one I bought when Christiana had a going out of business thing, and it was a guy who rarely played. It is Reggie Singletary, who was an offensive lineman for the Eagles, and it's like a onesie. <laughs> and I have put this thing on before with this hat. It's made so that offensive linemen, that's how they used to make the offensive linemen ones, so you couldn't hold them. See that? You couldn't hold them. And they didn't stitch things on. They painted it on back then. But if anyone wants to try to get in this and realize a 300-pound person used to fit in this, you ain't grabbing nothing. I'm letting you know. not grabbing nothing. I did make my friend who's 6'3 and like uh, 300 pounds put it on one time. It was absolutely hilarious. Okay? So what fan am I? How do you know? Because I got all the gear. I got it all. I got socks. I got shoes. I have a little blow-up guy I put outside of my yard with a pass like this yeah, last week. I, might even, I think I even have Eagles underwear. It's awesome, which has been very fitting for many years. You can easily identify. You can even identify the others in the crowd last week. You could see the, the um, Minnesota Vikings fans with the purple and the helmets and all that kind of stuff. But guess what? I, you know I'm an Eagles fan by what I wear, by what I have with everything that, that's around me. And listen to what it says in Galatians. And when you were baptized, it was though you had put on Christ in the same way you put on new clothes. 
How are you putting on Christ? Look at what it says here in Colossians. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. What are you supposed to wear? Here's what you're supposed to wear. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Are we wearing what Christ has picked out for us? Can they tell we are Christians? Remember that old song? They, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. Are we put on those garments that God has given to us? The last thing I want to share with you today is this. A real fan is vocal. A real fan is vocal. When they score a touchdown, yeah! Fly Eagles. I sang that song with my kids a billion times last week. If they didn't, they had to leave the house. I have rules in my house. Do not talk while the games are on. You know how hard that is? I have been at games before in my life. I got your attention now. I've been in games before in my life when people are screaming and yelling and high-fiving people and hugging people they don't even know. One time I went to an Orioles game. I'm not an Orioles fan. It was extra innings, and there was a base hit. The Orioles won. My friend jumped up and hugged a woman behind us like she was his long-lost love. She had a big man next to her. I went, dude. <laughs> and he's like, uh, let's get out of here, all right? So... You do crazy things. They're vocal. I have never, ever seen when a touchdown is scored. I'm jumping around my house like an idiot last week. When the Eagles put up all those points, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. May your spirit continue next week. There we go. Um, I was jumping like a fool. I was mad when the Vikings scored first. I'm vocal about my sports. I'm vocal about who I'm a fan of. I remember going to Amnesty International where Bruce Springsteen sang. I was like, awesome. Peter Gabriel was even better, and it was awesome. Okay? Sting was there. He was going through that weird stage, but it was okay. He's, right? I'm vocal. I have never been to a sporting event when somebody hits a grand slam. I've never been when somebody hits a touchdown or a game-winning field goal, and I've never gone when people are up yelling and raising their hands. Yeah! I've never been, let me go ahead and meditate on this great experience in the silence of my heart. Oh, yes, this is awesome. Touchdown. Yes. Thank you, touchdown. Thank you for that pass. Oh, yes. I'm just meditating. I never do that. Ever. Even the most introverted person doesn't go, yeah, touchdown. Home run. Good race. Nobody does that. Why do we do it when we come into the presence of God? You know, there's a story in the early 80s in Badger Stadium in the University of Wisconsin. They were playing the Michigan State Spartans. And from the onset of the game, Michigan State was a billion times better than the Badgers. The Badgers were just getting destroyed. But as the game went on, and even with fumbles and other kinds of things, the Badgers on the field and the coaches began to hear the fans their fans cheer. 
And they were like, like they, something out of nowhere would go, yeah! And they go, what? You see, they were in a situation where they were getting defeated, but they're hearing shouts of victory. What they didn't realize, we're talking early 80s here, what they didn't realize is up the road about 70 miles, the Milwaukee Brewers were in game four of the World Series and were beating the St. Louis Cardinals. And many people had little transistor radios in their ears, and when the Milwaukee Brewers would score, the crowd would yell out and cheering. Meanwhile, on the field, they were getting defeated. Now let's stop for a second and let's take a look at what this means for us. I would say many of you are seeing in your life defeat. You're seeing tragedy. You're seeing illness. You're seeing sickness. You're seeing your life fall apart. You're seeing defeat. But if you just put your transistor radio up to your ear and hear the voice of God, you will know that there is victory being yelled out. You need to begin to shout victory in the face of defeat. Shout unto the Lord all the earth. Look at what it says here. Shout unto the Lord, all the earth. Burst in jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp, with the sound of singing, with all kinds of instruments, with the ram's horn. Oh, we, you know what? I, don't, I didn't bring a ram's horn, but guess what? Who wants to help out? Here we go. Pass them to people. Here we go. This is your ram's horn today. Here we go. Get the people in the cheap seats back there. All right? Here we go. There we go. Oh, wait, no, we're not done. Wait, oh, we got pom-poms. We got pom-poms. Shout, woo, shout unto God. Who wants a pom-pom? Who wants a pom-pom? There we go, pom-pom. Anybody want a pom-pom? You're getting it anyway, pom-poms. Yeah, paying attention today, all right? Let, let, let's, the sea resound and everything in it. The world and all that lives in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing for joy. Jesus was very clear when Jesus said something. Jesus said, if you remain silent, the rocks will cry out. Some of us are dumber than rocks. Because we're not shouting out, but they are. Where's your fan? Where are you at as a fan? It's time to shout, shout to God. We don't need a different arena change in our life. We just need to shout out to the Lord where we are, all the earth. But it's time to start to shout. You guys didn't do it. It's time to start to what? Shout. There you go. It's time to shout. And what we hear from the voice of God, you see defeat in your area, but it's time to sound the alarm. It's time to say, shout to the Lord, all the earth. Shout! Shout to God. There you go. You know, I know that some of you came in here today with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of baggage, a lot of heaviness in your life. You get a chance to go to Ezekiel 47, and it talks about the law of worship. And it's talking about when you come into the tabernacle. It says, when you come into the house of the Lord, let's pretend this is... The house of the Lord, the tabernacle. It says, if you come into the north gate, there are several different gates. When you come into the north gate, if you come into the north gate, don't leave the north gate. Go out the south gate. If you come into the east gate, don't return from the east gate. Go out the west gate. 
In other words, there's many of us who have come in with some circumstance in our lives, but when we inhabit, the, when we come in and ha- that the Spirit inhabits our praise and we shout unto the Lord, all the earth, then we are not going to leave the same way we came in. You can't leave the same way you came in. If you shout to the Lord and if you say, I am not going to be the same because I'm going to experience the presence of God in my life. You come in and you need to go out differently. By the presence of God, hear his voice. Don't leave the same way. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. And Keith and Justin especially, you got a little task to do. One you've been waiting to do a long while. You know what it is. Oh, no, no, no. No, you can't put on an Eagles jersey. No bandwagon jumpers. Hell no. Whisper to him. Yeah, come on up. So, wait, you can leave the lights on real quick. You can leave the lights on real quick. At sporting events, there's often something that they play. And the crowd does something. And you are the real fan today. And they've been waiting to do this for a while, am I right? (laughs) don't let them lie they do it all the time and they're going to do it right now and I want you guys up get up here we go get up and what do you have to do right come on come on put it together Uh, 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 come on come on keep it going it's for God Make him keep doing it till you stop. You ain't getting out. I see your faces. That's why the lights are on. If you want to go home. There you go, Chris. All right, good job. What's that so hard? You guys at first were like, uh... I didn't know I was in a Pentecostal church, all right? And there we go. Why should the world have all the fun? Why don't we come in all the time ready to shout to the Lord? Because, you know, when Joshua and Moses came off the mountain, the people shouted with mastery. They shouted. When the Philistines heard the Israelites shout, they thought the whole earth was falling apart because they were shouting with the presence of God when they got the Ark of the Covenant. You have the presence of God in your life. And when everything else in the world is coming in and crushing on you, you shout at it. You shout at it. Don't just go, oh, God, thank you. You shout at it and say, yeah, God, woo! You pulled me out of it. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. And be a real fan for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear God, we just want to thank you for your presence here. And I want to thank you that for anybody who came in one way, that we're not returning the same way we came in because we have had an encounter with the best seat in the house in the presence of Jesus. And so, God, let all the earth shout your praise. All the earth shout your praise. God, I pray that down at Walmart they're wondering what the heck's going on up at 40 that they're hearing shouting like they've never heard before, and that we are shouting at the devil, and he has to flee. And God, bring your presence that we may be real fans 
real fans for this world, that when there's sickness in our life, we're going to shout at it. We're going to shout at it in the name of Jesus. When there is loss, when there is uh, financial trouble, we are going to shout to the Lord, all the earth. We're going to shout to the Lord. God, right now, whatever someone's going through right now, I'm just lifting it up to you. Let us be real fans. Let's look at each of those areas where we are fanatics for our sports teams or for our, our, our groups and, and, uh, and our, our, our bands, but let us just not just keep that for them. God, you don't hate those things, but God, where, may our treasure be you ultimately and so our heart can be there as well. Do your, do your will right here, right now, God, in an amazing way. We lift you up. May you lift us up. In Jesus' name, amen. hands together.
it's, it's pretty awesome, that, uh, that song, because um, I was just sitting here thinking about different shouts in the Bible. And we know that when Christ comes back, he's coming with a mighty shout. And there's this really cool thing that when, when, we're, when the church is raptured, I guess I'm going to be there about 30 minutes later um, with some of you as well, because it says there's going to be 30 minutes of silence in heaven. It's going to be real quiet. You know some people in your life are going to get there a little bit late. So it's, here's what's really cool about it. Listen to this. When we rise and we get to heaven, after Christ has given a shout, we get to heaven, that there's, they're going to be there first. It's going to be 30 minutes of silence for, so the people who like to go, oh, touchdown, yay, amen, hallelujah. You, can, you got that 30 minutes. And then it's going to be worthy as the Lamb who was slain. And all heaven's going to rock it out. If you don't like noise in, in worship, you ain't going to like heaven. And it's going to be awesome. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? So you people, I'll be there a little bit later because I talk all the time. All right? So, hey, have an awesome week in Jesus. Don't forget to shout to the Lord, all the earth. Tell them all. that. T- t- shout at everything in your life. And so uh, you don't need this. You just need this and you need this, okay? Um, it's, it's a head, head and heart thing that we got to deal with. All right? Have a great week. Next week we're going to talk about prayer. Don't forget on Wednesday at 7 o'clock, right at 7 and ending by no later than 7.15. We're going to start that off. All right? See ya. <laughs>